According to Google, or Trapped, a documentary about abortion restrictions, or Trapped, an Icelandic miniseries about people stuck in a town. Guys, there's a reason that this is the last thing that comes up when you search for the movie Trapped. That's because all of those things are more appropriately named. And interesting and worthwhile elements of our culture. <laughs> Let's one sound this guy. Let's do it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about that. You can just start at a lawnmower. (laughs) And I'm going to cut this movie down. (laughs) Get ready, guys. So what is the plot? So the plot, very quickly, is evil Kevin Bacon. Is there any other kind? Dancing Kevin Bacon. Dancing Kevin Bacon. That's my own question. (laughs) Evil Kevin Bacon starts the movie in green scale because it is a video game intro. Yeah, it reminds me of a reenactment on like that show Crime Stoppers. Do you have that here? We don't, but we have similar things. Yes, yes. it's like a crime reenactment. Yeah. Like super overexposed, grainy... Really cheap looking. Yeah. For no reason. So he's in the car with a woman, and you find out basically that he's reuniting her with her kid, and you understand that he has kidnapped the kid, and then he's like, I love bringing families together. And then the credits roll, and basically like the entire plot of the movie is summarized in those moments, and you're kind of like, oh, I get what's going on, I don't need to watch the rest of it. Did anyone else think there was going to be a twist at that point? It's like, oh, that kid's going to explode. Yes. I thought the whole school was going to blow up. Right. I was like, something's going to happen. But the twist is, there's no twist. I was not anticipating a twist. I was still struggling with the whole visuals element. Yeah. Yeah. It was a journey. And then we cut to a happy family in generic waterfront property. I don't know. Pretend Portland, I believe it is. They are in Vancouver, Canada. Yes. (laughs) So... It is Charlize Theron and Stuart Townsend and their daughter, Dakota Fanning. And this is how Charlize and Stuart Townsend met, and then they dated for almost ten years. Okay. He's going off to a conference, because he's a doctor. And she's like, oh, you're going to miss your little girl growing up, as an allusion to what's about to happen. And then she goes back to her house uh, with her daughter, and then evil Kevin Bacon arrives, along with Marvin, the name of every generic henchman. Hmm. Marvin aways with the kid. And then Kevin Bacon has time to write in red, bad idea, on a glass window to terrorize Charlize Theron. And basically, like, he's staying with her, and he's like, look, if you do anything wrong, then Marvin's going to kill your daughter. And you're going to give me money, but it's going to take 24 hours so that I have ample time to rape you. So they make some kind of justification for, like, it makes it harder to catch them. Yeah. They're, but it's he, specious. So he does this whole thing with, like, how this is a perfect crime. Like, I have all this all, every matchstick is in place to make this work flawlessly, like, like clockwork. Uh, and he's like, and the, and the reason that people always get caught with kidnapping is the, the money drop. 
People always yeah. get caught in that moment. So he's like, so I'm not doing that. Like, we're doing a whole different thing. And then you, you don't get to find out what that is. And then he's like very calmly explains in whole exhibition with amazing sound cues. Whenever he <laughs> drops some expository thing, it's like, oh, that bullet will kill two people. Me and Abby. Dun, 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 and it dun. goes, like, <laughs> There's also very... Very bad early handheld camera stuff here. Yes. Oh, it's it. It's something that our friend Abby Fudor would have walked out of. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abby is the in the movie is the uh, right. daughter, which Bob had mentioned before, and she's played by Dakota Fanning, Correct. the greatest child actress who will ever live. It's true. <laughs> I like. I remember that being a thing, and I don't know a lot about pop culture, but like even her greatness had reached me under my rock. <laughs> uh, but I don't know that I've ever seen her child acting. But I was like. Kids got real chops. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, you hear how great she is, and you think, like, it has to be overblown, and then you're like, nope, yep, she's just that good. Nope, I've never <laughs> seen a child more convincingly a child, and yet following the plot of the movie, yeah. as needed. <laughs> so, the the dramatic tension is essentially that Charlie's there and can't do anything to protect or defend herself against Kevin Bacon, because if he doesn't make a phone call every 30 minutes, her kid is going to die, and her kid is more than 30 minutes away, so that she couldn't, like, conceivably get to her daughter in the time it took to, you know, I don't know, incapacitate him. And he sort of starts out, like, lazily disregarding her attempts to fight back. Like, she, like, comes at him with a gun, and he's very like, ha no, you're not going to kill me. And I just because kept thinking, that bullet yeah. would kill two people. And, like, maybe I've seen too many of these movies, but I was like, you don't have to kill him with that bullet. You just shoot his foot off and then torture him until you get the answer. I Start pulling teeth out, man. Well, like, you don't even have to do the teeth pulling. Shoot him and call the FBI and they'll take care of it for you. <laughs> also, like, threaten the partner with, do you really want to go to jail for killing a kid? Prisoners aren't fans of those people. Yeah, right? I want him to be like, oh, his name's Marvin? Is that in, is that his name in your contact in your phone? I'm right. just going to shoot you and use your phone. Right, like, it just... it. All of this, it's the perfect crime, doesn't hold up. And I know that what they're trying to say is that you'll do anything to protect your child, but I feel like if the whole plot of the movie is, like, emphasizing the, like, it's perfect, it's a perfect, unfaultable crime, then all I'm gonna do is be like, fault, uh, there's a fault, uh, there's a fault. It's like, uh, that terrible Aaron Sorkin show where they're like, we're the funniest people. And then they would show you sketches. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. That's not funny. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) likes my Comedia dell'arte sketch. (laughs) <laughs> this is the only time these two things have ever been compared. <laughs> so what happens next? What's the next twist? So basically, the, the next twist is that Courtney Love has left Rock and Remember Roll. how she acted for a while? I did I not! I don't think I'd ever seen her in anything. So she was actually, like, she was nominated for a Golden Globe and, like, got a lot of Oscar buzz when she played Althea Flint in The People vs. Larry Flint. I have seen her. Yes, and she was really good in that movie. And then really not good in a lot of other movies. Yeah. And I think that, like, you know, she's, like, some drug problems and stuff, and I think that that's might have been overlapping with some of the filming time here. <laughs> she, she has a little bit of a vacant look. Yes. And it's possible she's acting, because her character also seems to have some addiction problems. Yeah, but the camera, like, keeps zooming in on her very blue eyes like it's gonna find something, and it does not. It doesn't. <laughs> and I say this as someone who's, like, people are too mean to Courtney Love, and I'm not trying to be mean to her as a person. But miscast, I would say. Yes. Yeah. She's also outclassed by all the other actors. Yeah. And I, th- I think she actually did a fine job with her character. I think she was both convincingly threatening and unsure of herself. But she's just not as good an actress as Stuart Townsend or Charlize or Kevin Bacon. Well, like, Stuart Townsend's not that great either. 
And so, like, they're in their scenes together, and yeah. it's like, oh, it's time for the C plot. <laughs> like, <laughs> every time they go to them, I'm the least interested in the movie. Well, also because I think that the movie, like, is invested in having stakes, but, like, not actually in exploring them. Yeah. So, for example, she is in the she comes to the hotel room to, like, vaguely seduce him, and he's like, I love my wife, because we need to know that he's, like, a good man, so that we can be more on his side, I guess. Except for, we also know he is definitely not a good man, because when he checks into the hotel, and they say, Mr. Jennings, welcome. He says, Dr. Jennings. Yes. Which is the worst thing that a human being can do short of a war crime. Which brings me to the point that when he calls the FBI about his kid, Robin, what does he say? He says, this is Dr. William Jennings. I need someone from the FBI. That's on a seaplane radio. <laughs> so I feel like I, I skipped a very important point, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna he has go. a seaplane. Yeah, he has a seaplane. So at the beginning of the movie, he's like, "I'm gonna fly away in my seaplane because that's the only that's way." That's how he commutes. Yes, that's how one gets to a conference when you were Doctor William Jennings. And as he leaves, Dakota Fanning is like, "Are you gonna wibble wobble?" And the mom's like, "It's wobble wibble," and that means that when he gets in the plane, he tilts it akimbo so that she knows that the plane is waving to her and that her father loves her, even though he's never around. Right. And this will come back around later. So anyway, in the hotel room, Courtney Love makes her way in there, and she's like, "Look, my partner is holding your wife. My other partner is holding your kid. If you fuck around, people are gonna die." And in the C plot, at, at some point, he basically like. Punches her in the face. Yeah. And gets the gun. And rips her dress off? Rips her dress and then sees that she's got bruises and is concerned that she's being beaten. And then immediately was like, here's a towel, ma'am. I'm so sorry that you've kidnapped my daughter and me. And then like a scene and a half later, he's like, you know what it's time for? Some medical torture. Yes. <laughs> and very quickly, he's like, I punched you. I have the upper hand, but I'm going to give it back to you because the movie's not ready for me yet. And then he injects her with essentially like magic venom that paralyzes her. He injects her with the spider bullet <laughs> from Salt. Yes. He like calls up Salt and he's like, I know you're killing sleeper agents, but my daughter is very charming. Can you give me your dead husband's spider goo? And that happens off screen like a good checkoff play. And then he injects her with this weird stuff. She realizes what it feels like to die. And then she's like, oh, is that what my daughter felt like when she died? Because all along, as you quickly figure out within about 20 minutes of the movie, they're doing this because they had a daughter that died, and you find out that they believe that Dr. William Jennings is responsible for their daughter's death in surgery. But here's the thing. This is the fifth time yes. they've done this so-called perfect crime, which they brag about a lot. They're like, we've got this down to a science. Did they have four other daughters who were killed? Yeah. So I think they How were... How many ulterior motives can one yes. person have? Oh, this, this guy person... set the wrong bone in my leg. <laughs> that man killed my dog. This guy used the wrong colored tooth enamel on my filling. <laughs> they didn't write which leg needed to be operated on. <sighs> I mean, they fixed it in time. I'm just mad about the possibility of error. So... I don't mean to defend the movie, but I think the I think either they were other hospital staff members that he was also mad at, or well, it what was. What if they be like, "There's been a rash of kidnappings," <laughs> but he says no one says anything because they're afraid after they get their kid back that if they report anything, that he's going to come back and kill oh, yeah. the kid. Oh yeah, that's so. Not, that's just silly. It yes. is stupid. 
they're like, let's put, I mean, unless he's like doing it from like the waspiest family as possible. And they're like, let's just put everything behind us. Let us never <laughs> speak of this again. But I, so I think that he did it four times so they could get the perfect crime down for his revenge crime and also have enough money to run away again and start a new life. Oh. With their so new, was, yeah. Oh, there were four <laughs> trial runs. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'll allow it. Uh, what, what do they say? Uh, measure twice, cut once, kidnap <laughs> yeah. four times, keep the kid on the last one. <laughs> that, that old adage. Yes. So anyway, you find these things out and then they're and like there's just repeated like weird tensiony scenes that we can talk about afterwards i mean really all of the scenes between charlie's and kevin bacon have a rapey undercurrent yes. it's also sometimes that's just of, a current it's just that's yeah, what's that's driving true. them along yeah that is the, that is actually part of his swiss watch of a plan is that he gets to rape the women yay yeah and that and they mentioned that in the the opening grainy sequence. So he, oh, really? Yeah, he says, like, didn't we have a good day? Like, even the party that we had or something. He alludes to, like, the party. And oh. I was like, oh, he raped her. Cool, thanks, movie. Anyway, uh, so things spiral out of control at different points, but it's always, I think the, uh, the fundamental problem of the movie is that the dramatic tension is set up within five minutes, and then they keep, like, resetting those blocks, but it's always in the same configuration, so yeah. it's very yep. boring. Um, so it's like, Charlize will have the upper hand, and then she and then she seeds the upper hand again, because of the original... How many times in the course of this movie does she get a weapon on him? Many times. Like, eight or nine. Yeah, both people. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, they're... they're... Attempts to resist are extremely inconsistent. Well, it's like they're surprisingly effective, and then they just sort of stumble at the last moment. Or they're just going to go, oh, I changed my mind. Just right. No. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, Kevin Bacon is constantly trotting out, if you do anything. Like, he just keeps saying over and over again right. what's going to happen. Yeah. So it doesn't really give their capitulation any weight when you've been reminded relentlessly, the reason that this is going to end with me still in control is that I've had control all along. Right. So it's anyway. I'm trying to. I'll try to finish the plot, and then we can tear it apart. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, blah, well, also blah, Dakota blah. Fanning has asthma. Of that's course, she does. occasionally yeah. relevant. Yeah, and that's so that we can have a scene where she and Charlize hug, and Charlize is like, "You're going to be great. You're so great." I assume as actors and, and multiple. She needs her medicine. Yes, that stuff. Also, God, how many times did they say my baby? <laughs> Anyway, the end of the movie, climaxy, climaxy, <laughs> things happen after Stuart Townsend has tortured uh, Courtney Love and explained to her very quickly that it wasn't his fault. It was the surgeon who she nicked an artery. gets some hardcore Lima syndrome here. She is, that's like Stockholm syndrome in reverse. Okay. So she is like all about Dr. Jennings and how like, he's, he's like, I didn't kill your daughter, it was someone else. She's like, oh, really? Okay. Well, then- Oops, my bad. Yes. <laughs> also, like, can we just pause for a second and discuss the, like, it's probably not the other doctor's fault either. No. Maybe it's- People just die. It's surgery. Surgeons yeah. aren't infallible. You shouldn't hold them accountable and kidnap their children. Right. It bothered me, honestly, that they even bothered with this other unseen yeah. surgeon is the one truly at fault. I thought it because was Because he's be- not- he's an innocent person, even- if he lost a patient. Correct. Right, yeah. I I was assuming it was going to be part of, like, she died as part of a clinical trial that I he was responsible too. for. Because, like, they halt, they show him at a conference right. giving a demonstration about the drug he's been clinically trialing, and then that just has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And then the ulterior motive they have for kidnapping him and specifically targeting his daughter also is not accurate. Yeah. So, like, it's, you know, you've done two false starts. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I just really didn't understand why the movie was like... No, it wasn't him. It was some reckless other doctor. As if that person would then have deserved 
deserved this. Right. I was just also, I was like, who has so much faith in their doctors, like, that they would assume that they couldn't ever possibly, I don't know, fail at something? Like, they're just people. It, like, their kid had cancer. People with cancer die sometimes. It's true. Like, it just is a thing. Yeah. Life's tough. <laughs> That's the Thrawn attitude. <laughs> yeah. Look! Get used to it, kids. Your kids are gonna die. Don't say so grumpy about it. Yeah, you don't want to kidnap someone just because your kid dies. Yeah, just get on with it, for God's sake. Come on. We're sorry for your loss also. Anyway, the plot continues. So they they do the money transfer. Yeah. And no one seems to care. No one cares. The money is so beside the point. I forgot that they had gotten the money. Yeah, they've got... So he gets the money with he being Stuart Townsend and Courtney Love get the money. But he's contacted the FBI, but sort of shittily. But then he's wearing a wire, but then he takes the wire off. And then he decides the only way to save his daughter, who's in a cabin in the Cascades, is to get in a plane... And just look around, because that's effective. Yeah, um, his little seaplane. For his little blonde child in the woods, I guess. Yep. The sun would reflect on her golden <laughs> locks. The sun in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he's chasing her down. Oh, also, we forgot. Oh, God, it's because I don't want to talk about the scene. We can talk about it more in a second. But basically, Kevin Bacon attempts to rape Charlize. Yes. And then she holds a knife to his balls and is like, I will castrate you if you don't do what I want. And then that doesn't work out. And then she like... She does cut him good, though. She slices his leg up real good. And he spends the rest of the movie doing that Hollywood I'm in shock. They put, like, really gross gray sweat makeup on my face. (laughs) They just dunked his head in a bucket of glycerin and were like, now you're sick. Right. It's like, okay, bucket of glycerin, drink some caffeine so you're shaking. You look like you're dying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And again, like, with this, where it's sort of like she has the upper hand, but then she immediately loses it, but then he doesn't follow through on any of his actual threats. He's not like, well, you cut my leg, I'm gonna gonna kill your kid, or I'm gonna kill you. He's just like, well, let's move along with my original plan. Right. Um, Let Let me drive. I'm nearly passing out from blood loss, but I'll drive. I got this. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to, like, meet on a highway, I guess, to get the kid from Marvin. It's very confusing. They say on the phone, like, uh, we're not going to give the kid away, or we're not going to give the kid back, but Charlie's just sitting there also, I guess, being shocky herself. And then he, uh, the father wibble wobbles the plane, and then the daughter knows that that's her dad, but then he crashes the plane, then she thinks her dad is dead, she runs out on the road and is screaming about her debt dad but he's not dead but then all like six of them fight a bunch and then Charlize once again has a gun on everybody but doesn't shoot anybody and then she does shoot Kevin Bacon. She shoots Kevin Bacon once he uh, puts a gun against her husband. You left out the part where they are in the seaplane and they're getting phone calls from Kevin Bacon (laughs) and they have to cut the engine so that he doesn't know that they are in a (laughs) seaplane and it is the most contrived absurd thing in the world but I kind of loved it. I also love that when you cut the engine in a seaplane it immediately immediately plummets to the earth. (laughs) I mean I honestly don't know those kinds of planes are very confusing to me like how do they stay in the air? They're basically a pinwheel wheel. How can one machine conquer both air and sea? <laughs> That's what I think every time. It's not right, pick your element. <laughs> so yes, the seaplane immediately goes into a nosedive. At the, at the second phone call, he's just like taking his time. Yeah. He's like, and that, one, that the first one, like they're they're diving and then it's a really short call and they're like over the water. Right. The second one, they're diving and they're over a forest. Yeah. So it's like, you have less time now. Yeah. And you talk for ages. Yeah. Yes, and it's, the conversation consists of Kevin Bacon being like, do you love me? I love you. Do you love me? Because he's talking to yeah. Courtney Love, uh, and he's worried that she's betrayed him, which she has, but he can't tell because the plane is off. 
It's ridiculous. We also left out my favorite scene in the movie, which is right before um, Kevin Bacon uh, tries to rape Charlize. He's trying to, like, rape seduce her. With, like, a wine dinner? Yeah, he's like, well, because I guess it's like you said, like, their part, like he said to the first victim, like, our party. Like, he's like, let's just make a nice date of this, me raping you. I I thought that what he was doing was basically like, not only am I going to rape you, but I'm going to ruin things that you associate with your husband. I see. Very deliberately. Like, he puts the husband's shirt on. Oh, yeah. And he's like, is, like, is this where Will sits, like, for dinner or something? Yeah. He's like, and then he's like, what do you and your husband do? Like, so I think he's like... Very much like, I'm just going to psychologically brutalize you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for going into that movie. Anyway, it's completely exploitive and gross and unnecessary, but. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock. At midnight, the neighbor Joan shows up because she needs a disc for that auction that's coming up. What disc? I don't know. It's I the don't... music they play during the auction. That's Is what... it? I have no idea. Oh, she's like, I, just, I need that disc for that auction. Also, so, she's on the way to pick up her son who's at a sleepover, and her son is presumably freaking out and wants to be picked up, and she's like, I'm gonna get that auction disc before I rescue my crying child. Okay, so it's Colleen Camp, who I also, I love that actress, and she's like, oh, hi, Will, and then Kevin Bacon is like, actually, I'm Joe, and she's like, so, uh, hello, strange man who's alone with Charlize drinking wine in their house and at was midnight. sucking on her neck when she knocks. Yes, right. So, eventually, Charlize, like, plays along and is like, Joan, yes, I am having an affair with this man. Don't look at the sweat on my brow right. or the horror in my eyes. <laughs> and Joan, becoming my favorite character in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is equal parts. Oh, honey, I didn't know you guys were having problems. Right in front of him. Right in front of him. And then also, ooh, get it, girl. Yes. <laughs> She's like, he's kind of dangerous. Suck it. Like, <laughs> she is into it. It is the greatest weird nosy neighbor. And like, I think they're not even really friends. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe that the moment the credit roll that Charlie's is like, I'm glad my kid is safe, but the first thing I have to do is call Joan and be like, I was kidding! <laughs> I need to explain! And you know that Joan will never believe her and be like, sure, right. kidnapped. kidnapped. Yeah. You, you get that date. Like, what? She's just never going to be convinced. <laughs> she sees the news report about the huge pile up on the yeah. highway. <laughs> She's like, no need to go through such an elaborate cover up. Every woman's got needs. Marriage is a journey. <laughs> anyway, Joan, we love you. Oh, uh, that was so great. My favorite part of the movie, for a movie that we hate, we're talking about all the fun bits. Yeah. <laughs> is that Marvin is a creepy man in a creepy cabin, and he's a whittling wood and has lots of clocks around. So you know he's not quite right. And at the end of the kidnap spree, he has a carved bear that's hugging a little girl, which he gives to Dakota Fanning to memorialize their day together. <laughs> And when she runs out of the car screaming to get away from him to look for her dead dad, she keeps that bear with her. She's like, oh, no, I want this. And I feel like that was such a weird choice. And I felt like they were trying to, like, make us, I don't know, care about Marvin or, like, well, We were supposed to feel bad for Marvin. But he, like, had his hands around her throat. Yeah. I mean, he I was supposed to be the one the most conflicted about what they were doing. Right. But I also felt like they are like, but he's a little simple. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was, like, on the spectrum or something, so, like, he would follow instructions. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he didn't really want to. He's not a very complexly drawn character. No, no and he just, like, his relation to them is unclear, other than he's, like, the, 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 the Katie was his family, I but we don't know. I think he's, 
I think that he's Joe's cousin. Oh, you're right. They do say that. Yeah. The other thing that I particularly thought was great in this movie is at some point when he's going to choke Dakota Fanning to death, I was looking at his nail beds and I was like, what great nail bed makeup artistry (laughs) they've done? Because they're like basically like all just like ragged, like dirty fingernails in a way that I was like, what attention to detail this movie seemed to ignore for the rest of the plot. They put it right there. Also possible that Pruitt Taylor Vince just has gross fingers. No, I want that to be a decision that someone made to put something loving into this movie. (laughs) Because later when Charlize is in a car that rolls over, she has the laziest three stripes of red blood on her forehead. They did some really weird injury makeup work with Charlize. So she gets that shiner right at the beginning of the movie. And the movie takes place within the course of 24 hours, based on a book called 24 Hours. Mm -hmm. And the shiner goes away, like... Well, doesn't uh, Kevin Bacon like put, put two makeup on it? Makeup? Oh, that's right! Right before Joan comes exactly, over! Exactly, yeah. yes. Never mind. Criticism withdrawn. Also, he uses, like, a powder compact and with two dots, bruise gone. I'm like, I wish my zits were as amenable to But makeup. he also strangles her for a while, and she doesn't have a single mark on her neck. Kevin Bacon is just a master of makeup and yeah. covering up bruises. Yeah. So I think, like, the only scene in the movie that I did find, like, actually, like, really upsetting was the the deliberate plotting towards the rape moment. Oh, God, it was horrible. It was just really grim. And, like, Charlie's, like, going in the bathroom and, like, looking in the mirror and, like, crying and, like, freaking out and trying to figure out what she's going to do. But then she does something that I'm like, this is such a confusing choice. So she's puts a scalpel in her butt crack. Yes. So that Kevin, Sharp side out. Sharp side out. So that Kevin Bacon, like, won't see it. But I'm like, if you move at, at all, <laughs> you are going to slice up your backside. Also, if he's about to, you know, jump you, I feel like... See, I originally thought that it was, like, her, like, grab guard. That she thought that he would, like, go for the ass and then oh. cut himself. Yeah, maybe. But that would give her, like, a second. Yes. Yeah, that's, and so basically, like, she goes into the bathroom to, like, undress, and then she comes back out and, like, is gonna give Kevin Bacon a blowjob, and he's like, you're not like the other moms, and he kept calling, he kept saying that, yeah. like, how she was different from all the other moms, and I'm like, mm, this is very unpleasant, and then she, like, holds his head down with one hand, like, has her mouth in his genital area, and then with her other arm is pulling out a scalpel to then go to castrate him, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, to threaten him. Yes. With a knife on his business. Yeah. Yeah, she's like holding the knife against, I guess, his scrotum. Yuck. So there's little known fact, there was actually a deleted scene where oh, Kevin no. Bacon's nutsack is played by Andy Serkis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I know, I was like, oh, I'm I, sweating just thinking I about I do not you... need little known facts about castration. <laughs> All facts about castration should be as little known as possible. Uh, uh. Alright, so basically this movie's not good. No. No. So I should mention something. Yes. I liked it. No! <laughs> I the saw Prometheus chair! <laughs> this is such an insignificant movie to be in the Prometheus chair for, <laughs> but I was like, it was. I found it effectively tense. There were scenes, like the scalpel scene and... The exposition scene where she is like making decisions about what how she's going to cooperate or not. I was like those. I was like sweaty palmed, oh. and Kevin Bacon is very effectively creepy. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this this demonstrates Kevin Bacon is famous for a reason. Okay, I will say that one thing is I did not know how this was going to end. 
I oh, did. I knew how it was like ten end. minutes. I, I didn't. I was expecting. I mean, the ending that happened, which was that they were reunited with their children and the kidnappers are thwarted and blah blah, is what I expected. Yeah. But I did not feel a hundred percent confident in that. I didn't expect there to be a landing on a freeway scene. Neither did I. <laughs> but I will say, I, I, what one of the things I like about this is the plot is very simple and it's explained up front. So all the tension doesn't come from, like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? It always comes from the success or failure of each individual step and the protagonist's attempts to thwart it, which I think is a much more effective way of creating tension. I wish more movies did that kind of thing. Well, I think what Regina said earlier about how, like, they set it up and then we sit in wait... Yeah. Is, that's how I experienced it more. I was kind of like, get to the fireworks factory. Well, I, I feel like there are movies that successfully do that, like, in a sort of Greek tragedy way, where you the weight of the inevitability of a negative outcome is what's, like, crushing your heart the whole time you're watching it. And I think that that is, like, a very effective way to do tension, and I find that difficult to watch, and I'll often pause and be like, I need water! <sighs> but this movie, I felt, like, sets that up, but then undercuts it repeatedly by having the scenes that I think are supposed to, like, rather than exploring the dynamic that they set up, I feel like they just keep rearranging the parts in the same way. So it's like, she's got a gun on him! But I'm like, she just had a gun on him, like, three seconds ago. Yeah. yeah. And nothing happens, because I feel like none of the decisions that the characters make have actual consequences outside of the original premise, so that they're not actually responding to the moment, they're only responding to the original setup. And that, for me like, let the air out of the tension. Oh, no, I should explain. I can't defend this movie at all. <laughs> you just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it. Like, in the moment, I was like, this is an effective movie that I'm happy to forget about. I found it <laughs> diverting. You know, yeah. I was I enjoyed watching it. I highly don't recommend it. <laughs> I think so, for me, I maybe would have enjoyed it more, but full disclosure, I watched half of it on a layover yesterday <laughs> and half of it this morning while still jet-lagged. So that may have affected... She watched the very end as I was walking in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the freshest review I could give you. <laughs> um, so we should talk about Charlize. We should, and we have a new segment. New segment! New segment! Did we decide on a name? I just... Charlizenith. Charlizenith, which is what... I pronounce it Zenith. Oh! <laughs> Charlie Zenith is what I was thinking. That's much better. Maybe. All right, well, we'll let the British person introduce it every time we do I, I also don't even know if Americans are supposed to say we Zenith. We say Zenith. Okay. Uh, the Charlie Zenith of the movie. And that means we're all going to pick a particular scene that Charlie's was in and talk about why it was our favorite Charlie's moment in the movie. Um, so we should also, uh, I think, in order to do this, we should define what, what constitutes a Charlie's moment. I think we'll find that as we go along. I honestly oh, just okay. think it's the moment where you're most like, fuck yeah, Charlize. <laughs> right? Like, I love you. You're my favorite. Yeah. I was, I was thinking of using the segment as a way to sort of like draw out those things and, and like okay. look for specific things in future movies. Because I know why I love Charlize, but I, I want to give everyone who doesn't feel the way I do a framework to latch onto. <laughs> well, I know what mine is, and it's early on, and it's in the a big exposition part with Kevin Bacon at the beginning. And she's going through the, you don't understand, my daughter has asthma part. And he's like, okay, nice try, lady. Bullshit. And then she goes, open the drawer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like the most threatening way to tell someone to look into a kitchen cabinet. (laughs) And he does, and it's full of asthma medicine. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I think my Charlie Zenith moment is something that Charlie does extremely well, uh, which is the serious 
pink-rimmed, wet eye stare. Yes! And she does that a lot in this movie, but there was one particular scene, and I can't remember exactly where it comes from. Somewhere in the middle, after she has, like, tried to thwart and then given up thwarting whatever stage they're at, <laughs> uh, as often happens in the, throughout this movie... Um, but she did. There's like a sh- close-up moment of her face, and like Kevin Bacon is pissed off about what just happened, and she's just looking like intensely, like three quarters off to the camera, uh, and like just has like the weepy eyes and the serious, intense, scared, thousand-yard stare Charlie's face, and she does so well. You're gonna have to get a screen grab of that, buddy. Oh, I'll, I can get one. Okay. There's a really good, big, qu- good quality shot of it. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, don't want to pick this one, but I feel like I have to. It's the it's the pre-rape scene. Uh, also, full disclosure, she does not end up getting raped because she gouges out his leg. Right. But when she's sitting at the table, this is, again, I feel like the way that Charlize cannot say or move a muscle and it's all that you can look at on the screen so Mm -hmm. it's her sitting at the table and she hasn't touched anything like her wine is full her food plate is big and kevin bacon has obviously like just finished his meal and he's on the side and the camera sort of centers her and she's just like quietly like looking down and you can see like the dread and revulsion like just and she doesn't like there's no lines it's not like a big dynamic moment of acting so it's sort of similar what you were saying but it's just the way that she can pull the entire scene into her skin and, and I just uh it's so I mean like that is a very upsetting moment and I feel like my I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat on the very first one and my second choice <laughs> is in the beginning and I think it's because I hadn't been bored by the movie yet but when she realizes that Abby is gone yeah and she's running through the house and when she sees the bad idea written on the glass and like she looks really confused and like the mix of like confusion fear and like proactive thinking where she's like I'm gonna get the gu- I don't know what to do but I'm gonna get the gun like she just looked very it was very convincing yeah and very skillful yeah, there's also, a, speaking of the gun, there is a point uh, towards the end where she shoots the bad guy, or she shoots Kevin Bacon, and she's pointing the gun in a way that is basically identical to the way she points the gun in Monster, which I is... Seen it. I haven't I, seen that either. I haven't seen it either, but in the promotional material for <laughs> Monster, there is a screenshot where she is pointing the gun in a very particular way and has a very particular expression on her face, which is a sort of crazed, terrified expression, and it's like, oh, that's where you honed that skill. Ah. <laughs> Yes. Practice. Well, I'm glad this movie led to something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it also led to her ten-year relationship with Stuart Townsend. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Is there an Ebert or Mebert? There is not. This movie was not screened for critics. Oh, oh that shit. is fair. Yes. <laughs> um, can I ask the very important question? Would this movie have been improved would by a prison, prison riot? riot? Yes, is the answer for sure. But where? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking about it too. I was like, it would have to have been a flashback, right? I was like, it should have been a flashback to Kevin Bacon in prison, or Ooh, I got it with this plan. I just got it. Yeah. Okay, instead they have the very cliche log truck uh. on the highway for the big highway confrontation. What if it's a prison transport bus? Oh. And then they have a crash, and then there's like a chain gang riot. Does that count? Yeah, that would count. Good. I, I would also go flashback, and I would go flashback to, like, Kevin Bacon escaping from prison. Okay. Yeah, I like your chain gang idea. I also would like that if the chain gang, like, all chained together coming off the bus somehow was informed that Kevin Bacon had kidnapped a kid, and then they all kicked the shit out of Kevin Bacon. I love it. <laughs> I really wish that when the biplane was coming down, that Con Air was also coming down. <laughs> and that 
Cyrus the virus is just running amok on the sidelines. <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. They're trying to create this like situation of chaos, and really, it more seemed like, oh well, we uh, shut down <laughs> I five or whatever it is. We need some prisoners running amok. Yeah. All right. right. Yep. This comes down in the positive column. Yep. I I admit it's a stretch, but this movie needs all the help it can get. Exactly. Everything in this movie is a stretch. Yes. At one yes. point, it tortures a woman with paralysis. That's a stretch. Yes. I mean, only when it's not in the film Salt, and then paralysis makes perfect sense. <laughs> the perfect sense. <laughs> perfect sense. Exactly. Spider venom, guys. Duh. That's who, what spiders do. Who would you? Uh, shoehorn Keanu into. Okay. I don't, I object to the use of the word <laughs> shoehorn. <laughs> I have an answer. I have an answer that I'm very proud of. <laughs> I am curious if it's the same as mine. So, I had some thoughts. I mean, part of me would have loved to see Keanu a whittling and uh, force feeding instant coffee to a dying child, uh, as Marvin did, but I'm like, no, no, no. I'm gonna cast Keanu as. <laughs> An innocent bystander, because at some point Kevin Bacon and Charlize are driving, this and Kevin Bacon <laughs> is convinced that the cops are following them. So he pulls into a parking garage, sees a woman, knocks her out, throws her in the trunk of her car, and then steals the car. And then the rest of the movie takes place. And then after the car flips and there's an accident, Charlize opens the trunk, and the woman falls to the ground from the air with a with a tire iron. Like a tire in her iron. Hand. She's ready. Which good for you, lady in the yeah. trunk. Yeah. She is on, and she says to Charlize, please don't hurt me, because she doesn't know what's going on. And Charlize just looks at her like, bitch, you're not my biggest problem. Grabs the tire iron, and then the woman just hightails it off the road, which I think is very smart. And I would make Keanu be that woman. So <laughs> that was also going to be my choice, but I do have a runner-up, which I will share, which is Courtney Love. Yeah. Because I felt like the seduction part of that was completely unnecessary. Yep. And yep. also, look, why can't Keanu try to seduce Stuart Townsend? Sure. Anyway, it just, it didn't really, like, they can still have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, it it doesn't... It doesn't change the plot. It doesn't all. change the plot at all. And Courtney Love was really the weak link, acting-wise, right. for me. Yeah. So, that seems like a good spot to put Keanu. Yeah, I think I would cast him... Those are both great choices, but I would like to make him the hotel front desk clerk. The person who who's like, so rudely welcomes yes. Mr. Jennings. May I inform you, sir, everyone is looking so much to, looking forward so much to your presentation. Uh, and then later on... Uh, yeah, sorry, forward- don't call me sir, it's Dr. Jennings. <laughs> later on, he's also like, yeah, I can forward your calls to a seaplane for you, no problem. <laughs> I also have an alternate choice, which is inspired by Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> he could be the wooden bear figure <laughs> that she had to carry with him and if anything ever happened the spirit of Marvin would come to save her with instant coffee <laughs> the instant coffee thing is apparently caffeine helps you breathe if you have asthma yeah which you'd think that when he heard that he would have a have hot some coffee on, ready but he doesn't and then he wraps her in a dusty towel he literally he's like puts a horse blanket on right. her he's like what's the dustiest, dirtiest thing I can find. All right, let me shake it right in front of your nose. So I actually I actually thought that was really good. I thought it was stupid, the character, but I thought the way the movie was designed, it did really good like visual setups for the scenes because you knew that Dakota Fanning had asthma because when she was in her room doing something, you saw the machine like on her bedside table. Yeah. And then it's not mentioned, no one says anything, but you're like, oh, there's a machine with tubes coming out of it. Something's wrong with that. They yeah. also say, like, in the very beginning before the wibble wobble, yeah. she like looks at crabs and they think that she's having an asthma attack right yeah. yeah and then later on when he's like 
that she's like starting to breathe heavily and then he's like oh shit and like puts a blanket over and like he shakes it out and the dust comes out i was like oh that's gonna make things worse yeah just like oh that's that's clever visual setup i i would agree i just think that when he's on the phone with kevin bacon and he's like hey something's wrong she's got asthma and the mom is like she needs coffee if she starts having an attack yeah put some, some coffee oh, totally. just put some on oh, yeah. and what he does is he mixes up like folders instant packet into a slurry yeah and then forces it down her throat but i did like which like makes me gag Oh, and so I drank great. instant coffee for three years. <laughs> My favorite, I did really like, though, that they're watching cartoons later, and he's like, God, like, aren't you tired? And she's like, no, like, I'm full of caffeine and medicine. <laughs> and I'm six years old. Um, and also, you've kidnapped me, so I'm awake, buddy. <laughs> they watched The Simpsons and The Secret of Nim, and I was like, you know, if Little Robin were being kidnapped and that was what was on the TV, I'd be like, cool, make some more coffee, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adult Robin would well, maybe not. I don't feel a little less, less cool with being kidnapped than yeah. I think I would have back then, which doesn't really... <laughs> what? <laughs> don't, I don't. <laughs> okay, guys. Where would we rank it? Well, I'm going to put mine just below Eon Flux and just above Huntsman Winter's War. And I know... I'm horrified by this, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's pretty low for me. I know. Well, I just... I still can't believe that no one likes Huntsman as much as I did. Oh, okay. I like the first one a lot. Yeah. Anyway, and I sort of wavered on that, but I have to... I do have to say, I did not dislike this movie. It's just thoroughly not good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I would rank it presumably higher than anyone else. I would rank it just below Two Days in the Valley. Wow. Which for me, this makes it it's my lowest ranked movie that I would recommend. Oh. Oh, this is your turning point movie. Yeah, so like I have a recommendation threshold in between Two Days in the Valley and uh, Bagger Vance at the moment. Where, like I would not recommend Bagger Vance because it, whatever. But it's just boring. <laughs> just and watch the knee slap gif. That's yeah, the good part. Right, that's the most exciting bit. But like, so this, I'm like, this is, this is effectively emotive. So I was like, I if this is on late night on television, I would watch it to the end. Okay. Okay. I, uh, unsurprisingly, am probably going to rank this the lowest of everybody. <laughs> oh, the other thing I would say about, uh, in comparison to Two Days in the Valley is that uh, while Kevin Bacon, I thought, was great in this, and very effectively creepy, he's no James Spader. Who is? James Spader is magnificent. Oh, yeah. wow. This movie would have been a lot better with James oh, Spader. Oh, yeah. It's true. They also did something that I, I forget where I saw this, but I feel like I read a review by someone that I really liked that talked about how they really need to see, like, we just need to put a moratorium on villains eating grossly. Like, we don't need that additional <laughs> visual but to, and I feel like it, like, equates manners with morality, but, like, at some point, Kevin Bacon is just drinking milk out of the carton and it streams down the side oh, of yeah. him. And it's just like, you don't need that. He's kidnapped a child and is torturing a woman psychologically and has raped people. It's okay if he doesn't drink milk out of the cart. He's I also got it. wearing a long sleeve thermal under a like wicking polo. <laughs> Evil. Yes. <laughs> a color was like, it was that a thing? Was that something that people wore back in the early aughts? Yeah. I think so. People it was wore, a confusing time. People wore polos over long sleeve thermals. I think so. Oh gosh. 9-11 changed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. So at some point we see Kevin Bacon shirtless. Yeah. Is that a real I really hope. Not. Oh my gosh. He, he has, has a spider web tattoo around his belly button. It, oh. <laughs> yeah, he, is a, yeah, it is a spider web. And it's like a cartoon, like, he lifted it out of, like, a Spider-Man comic book and pressed it onto his stomach, like, silly putty, and it just stuck. Like, it's really... 
Regina, you haven't ranked it yet. While you rank it, I'm going to confirm that okay. that was a character choice. All right, but guys, can we all agree that people who are villains, I don't need to see them shoveling food in their mouth uh, very quickly for me to know that they're villains. So I'm not saying we can never do it, but let's just put a moratorium on it. Guys, anyway. it's fake. It's fake. It's oh, fake. thank God. <laughs> How did you find that out? I googled Kevin Bacon tattoo. And it's a, and it's a bunch of pictures of him on the beach without a spider web. <laughs> I mean, laser removal. Yeah. You need to it's dig true. further. So my he, has, rank, he does have some tattoos. I am going to rank this below Men of Honor, but above the Cider House rules. Because I think I didn't enjoy it, but I didn't actively hate it like I did Cider House rules. Right. And I also think, like, given my, my sort of angle of, like, ranking it via Charlize's performance, not just the movie, like, even though she's, like, the main character and she does a lot in it... I think the movie sets her up to just have to do the same thing over and over again. So I feel like if it had been like a one hour TV episode, I wouldn't yeah. be into it. So unfortunately that's way down on my list. It's a fourth from the bottom for me. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm down there too. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 I also liked Eon Flux so much better than all of you. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to my co-hosts for joining us today. You never introduced yourself at the top, Regina. Your Who name is Regina. <laughs> Thank you to Alex Reed. We hope you enjoyed listening to his episode last week where you could hear him not just singing our great theme song. He has an album out by his band Seeming, and if you like it, you should get it. It's and on Bandcamp. It is on Bandcamp. It's called Soul. And there's a really good music video. Uh, so also you know, true. To check that out. Also, I am sad that our friends High on Film did not get a chance to do Atomic Blonde, and I really want to know why they didn't like it as much as we did, because I'm ready to argue about it. Like, what a fight. <laughs> we will. Also, I'm glad they agree about our pee break, though. A pee break high five across the Yay. coast. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, thank you, Charlies. That was the best <laughs> promotion he could get.